Welcome to Epileptic Rants. My name's Lucas. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. All I'm going to do is get on here and rant. How is everyone doing today? I hope you consider yourself blessed. I know I do. I was able to wake up and put my knees on the ground and thank the Lord for life. Every day I can do that, I consider a blessed day. Anyone who tunes in regularly knows that it's laundry day, and I share a communal laundry room with about five other apartments. So, as usual, on my laundry day, I get up very early, and I try to get all of my laundry done very early and very quickly. I have a designated laundry day, but there are just sometimes some people just don't like to respect the rules. And for me, I like to respect the rules. I try to get down there, get my stuff in and get it out. That way, if anyone chooses just to do their laundry today, they'll be able to do it. But what happened was, was I got down there very early. And someone had beat me to it. They already had a load in the washer. And this was early. I don't know if they got down there very early this morning. Or if they did it last night. And just didn't move it out of the washing machine. All I know is. I came back home. I waited for an hour. And then when I went back down there. They had placed their clothes into the dryer. So now I find myself waiting waiting for their laundry to get done so I can get mine done on my day. Oh, the struggles of living in government housing. In my new apartment, I'll have a washer and dryer hookup. I'm pretty sure I'm going to buy me a washer and dryer. That way, I won't have to pay to use a laundromat or have to struggle with other people's schedules. Yes, I do believe I'm going to buy a washer and dryer. After going down there to check on the laundry that was going, I noticed someone had jumped in front of me again. Now they have their clothes in the dryer, and now mine are just sitting in the washing machine just waiting. Oh, I tell you some people. But I can't be mad at these people. All I can do is pray for them. Because I know there was a time in my life where I would do things that other people wouldn't like. I would have no consideration for other people's feelings. And the only thing that changed me was a relationship with Jesus Christ. So, all I can do is just pray for these people. So, I'm just going to continue and wait. Wait until their laundry gets done. Keep checking back every hour. And try to slip mine in there even though it is my day. But that's enough of a laundry rant for today. Let's see if we can find some good news. Here's a good story. Once upon a time, a couple fell in love while sharing a passion for space. Eugene and Carolyn Shoemaker met at a wedding in 1950, and after a year of sending each other long-distance letters, the loved-up pair got married. A decade later, 
President John F. Kennedy announced that the nation would be sending a man to the moon, and Eugene was thrilled. As a geologist who specialized in studying craters, he had a promising chance of joining the NASA mission. Then, after a series of medical tests to examine his fitness, they learned that Shoemaker had Addison's disease, an uncommon disorder that affects his adrenal glands. There was no possibility of him reaching the moon now. The news was one of the greatest disappointments of Shoemaker's life, Carolyn told Great Big Story. He felt like his goal had suddenly disappeared. Still, Eugene's life was full of big achievements. He dedicated himself to training astronauts like Neil Armstrong for their space expeditions. He combined the study of geology and astronomy, helping create the field of planetary science. He co-discovered a comet, Shoemaker Levy 9, alongside his scientist wife and the astronomer David Levy. Shoemaker's life came to a sudden end in a car crash in 1997 while in Australia exploring a meteor crash site with his wife. Exploring craters like this one had always been a favorite passion for Eugene. While she recovered in the hospital, Carolyn received an unexpected call from NASA. Would she be interested in having some of Eugene's ashes join the Lunar Prospector mission to the moon? She thought that would be wonderful. The prospector headed for the moon the following year, and the most amazing thing happened. When the mission was finished, the unmanned vehicle ran out of fuel and crashed into the moon's south pole, creating a crater where Shoemaker's ashes remain today. You could say it was an accident made in heaven. I believe some people's lives are already written. No matter what, it seems like this man was destined to go to the moon, destined to be a crater on the moon. May the Lord bless his wife. Here's another good story. It starts out with a quote. A single act of kindness throws out roots in all directions, and the roots spring up and make new trees. Amelia Earhart This is a story called A Bit of Heaven Written by Phyllis Cole Dye Syndicated from com. Let me tell you about Don. He is a retired D.C. firefighter about to turn 89, living alone in his Maryland apartment. Father of six, grandfather to a tribe, he's an Irishman and darn proud of it. Around the start of the pandemic, he dropped me a line out of the blue, a reader offering his take on my novel, Beneath the Same Stars. Since then, we've struck up a fairly regular email correspondence. We share stories about family escapades, our bad knees, the loved ones we've lost and are losing, the dear ones who take care of us and bring us joy. We banter about politics and public health and books and the best way to cook broccoli. We swap original poems. We joke a lot, tossing around dry one-liners. I've never met Don, yet he calls me Deary and Kid, with no trace of sexism or condescension. 
My impression is that he's always adopting strangers into his tribe, and I smile to be among them. Perhaps his friendship helps me compensate as I watch my elderly father decline far from my reach. For the first time on Father's Day, Dad didn't recognize me when we tried a video chat. In our latest email exchange, Don and I were discussing kindness, how every act of kindness matters, how it's a pebble in the water whose ripples spread in ways we'll never be aware of. That was a lesson, Don acknowledged, that he carried with him from his 20 years on the streets as a firefighter. He told me how, early in his career, he saw an officer in his department slip some money to a woman standing on the sidewalk, surrounded by her children, staring at the remains of their burned-out apartment. It was something that Don saw this officer do often. The quiet gesture made an impression on him, and through the years, he kept money in his own pocket to do the same. I know that kindness happens everywhere, uptown and downtown, Don wrote. But when someone is really out of luck, kindness is heavenly. On July 2nd, here in my town of Brookings, South Dakota, a 10-year-old boy went missing. After hours of searching, authorities found his bike and sandals lying in the grass at the edge of a pond. Early the next morning, the fire department drained much of the water. A dive team soon located the boy's body. His name was Molu Zarpela. He had immigrated to the U.S. with his mother and sisters from Liberia when he was only four. His father had already come over to establish himself, hoping to provide a better life for his family than he could in his home country. Molu didn't know how to swim, but from what I understand, the rising fifth grader did know how to give the biggest, warmest hugs, how to greet his teachers and classmates every day with high fives, how to dance for joy and show off new moves, how to tutor his sisters on their homework, how to dream. He wanted to go to college and then play football for the Philadelphia Eagles. From his school to his church to his neighborhood, Many in Brookings are sorrowing over Molu's Arpela. Tomorrow the town will join with Molu's parents and four sisters to celebrate his life, pandemic style, socially distanced in a parking lot. Then, in the traditional Liberian way, those gathered will walk Molu to the cemetery a mile away, that his soul might safely reunite with his ancestors in the afterlife. I didn't know Molu Zarpela, but when he smiles at me from every photograph, I feel like I did. And because I'm a mother who can't imagine my child drowning, I plan to walk in his funeral procession out of respect for those who cherished him. Kindness is everywhere, Don said, uptown and downtown. It's where you are. It's where I am. It can knit us together in troubled times. It can help make the unbearable bearable. It can ripple out, even from the sidewalk near a burned-out apartment or the bottom of a drained pond. It can ripple out from our pockets and from our presence. It can ripple out to everyone in this world who is lost in pain and grief to surround them with a bit of heaven. Well, that was a good story. 
Kindness is everywhere. In a world that's so lost, in a world that's so dark, don't you just want to be that bit of kindness that someone knows they can find? Don't you want to be that bit of kindness that just surprises someone one day? A smile is one of the most strange things to receive from a stranger in these days and times. I know it's hard to see a smile behind a mask, but you can always see a smile in someone's eyes. Just a simple act, opening a door. Just a simple act of opening a door. Asking someone, how are you doing today? With genuine care. Words are easy to say, but true emotions shine through. When you ask someone, how are you doing today? They know whether you actually care or not. Let's care about our neighbors. Let's care about strangers. Because there have been times in our lives where we have needed to be cared about and someone was there to care about us. And it was Jesus. Well, that's my rant for today. I just thank you for tuning in. And just know, I won't be posting tomorrow because tomorrow's Sunday. But as long as I'm feeling good, I'll be back on Monday. I hope you have a blessed day.